Mark chapter 10, I'm beginning to read out of verse 35. Are you there? Not yet. Mark chapter 10 is uh, Mark. Marky Mark is right after Matthew and uh, before Uncle Luke. Mark chapter 10. If you're not there, you can share off your neighbor's Bible. Are you there? All right. Mark 10 35. It says, then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they came to him. They came to Jesus and they said, teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask. I mean, this is just a bold request. Hey, Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask. Jesus says, "What, what do you want me to do for you? They replied, well, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in glory. First of all, the audacity of these two guys, like, Jesus, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. Uh, okay, what do you want? I mean, do you want another fish fillet, some more fish and bread? What is it that you want? No, we want to sit at your right and at your left, okay? So Jesus responds. He says, you don't know what you're asking. Can you drink the cup I drink, or can you be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? They both answered, of course we can. I mean, they're like, yeah, Jesus, for sure. Jesus says, well, you will drink the cup that I drink, and you will be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they had prepared. When the other ten, they heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together. He did a little huddle team meeting, and he said, you know what? Those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentile lord over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your what? Come on, must be your? And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. I love that. Jesus teaches a valuable key of life right there. I got a message out of these few verses I want to share with you this morning. I'm excited about it. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. Studies show that 98% of people who take notes make it to heaven, so make sure you uh, take a lot of notes. But the title today, I've titled it, I've Got a Towel. I've Got a Towel. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I've got a towel. I know it's raining outside. If you got wet, we got a towel. And uh, I want to share with you out of that passage for a few moments, and then we'll worship Jesus one more time. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and ask God to bless this time. Father, we thank you this morning, God. We thank you for... Uh, This house, this space, we thank you for the amount of people that we got on team, God, that just make church happen. You are awesome, God. Thank you for building this house in the middle of this city where people can see you and know you, God. We pray that you may have your way this morning with us, God. We pray that you be magnified, exalted, God. If we see you, Jesus, we know that our lives will never be the same. Again, we want to be like you and know you, God. God, we pray that your word may come alive to us today. God, have your way in this service. We thank you. We love you. Uh, Pray for the hurricanes. They need some help, God. In Jesus' name, all God's people say. Oh, come on. All God's people say. Come on. One more time. Can you give Jesus a big shout of praise? Come on. Come on. I don't know if anybody is like me if you're not really good with directions. I've been living in Miami my whole life, but I'm not good with directions. Anybody like that? It takes you some time to find some addresses and all that. And uh, one of the things lately that has helped if you're trying to get around the city or something is Uber. Anybody used Uber before? Uber's good. Uber's awesome. And uh, the other day we were trying to go somewhere. Me and Diana, we were somewhere and we were trying to get to this part of the city. And so we decided to call an Uber. The thing with Uber is if you haven't updated your phone as far as the location where you're at, the drive- 
driver will go to wherever it says that you're at. We didn't notice it. We're not that great with technology. We're, we're still behind. We're still trying to catch up. And the driver was waiting for us on another block. Why? I have no idea that, that the whole map was wrong. It was different. And uh, maybe for like 10, 15 minutes, we were waiting for our driver to show up. And we realized after a while, like, my goodness, it was wrong all along. You know, if you have the wrong directions, it will take you to the wrong destination. How many know that? You got wrong directions, you're going to end up in the wrong place. This morning, I, I want to talk about greatness, the topic greatness. And I think if we have the wrong conception about greatness, if we have the wrong concept, the wrong idea about greatness, then we're going to live our lives in a wrong direction and end up in a wrong destination when it comes to greatness. Greatness is inside of all of us. All of us want to be great. You've been to the, you know, kids games, whether it's your sons, your daughters, nephews, and, and you hear the parents screaming, come on, you can do it, Johnny. You can score a touchdown, be great, beat everybody else. And you're that crazy parent screaming at your kid and you're screaming at all the referees. Why? Because you want your child to be great. Everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to be great. Everybody wants to be recognized. Martin Luther King had a, a message about greatness that he called the drum major instinct. What he said was, everybody wants to be in the front of the line. Nobody wants to be in the back of the line. Everybody wants to be first. Everybody wants to lead the parade. You want people to recognize you. You want people to know you. There's nothing wrong with having ambition about greatness as long as you got the, wrong as long as you got the right direction to end up in the right destination. What is, how, what is, how do you define greatness? What is greatness? Do you have the definition of greatness correct in your mind? You know, there's all kinds of definitions for greatness. The enemy has a definition of greatness. He'll tell you what greatness is. The world has a definition of greatness, right? They say greatness is, is getting ahead in life. You know, greatness is, is trying to achieve everything that you can. Trying to gain as much money as you can. Trying to accomplish as much as you can. Trying to have success. I mean, who has the biggest house? Who has the best car? Maybe that's greatness. It's being recognized. So you'll live your life in that direction. And at the end of your life, you'll say, well, well really, greatness wasn't about that. And your whole life, you've been chasing a definition of greatness that is wrong. And that's why you see people that, that think greatness is that. So that, 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 that's how they live their life. Well, I, I got to live large. I got to hustle hard. I mean, I got 25, 8. I mean, all day, no sleep. I don't get tired. I work all day, every day. I hustle. I'm a boss. Hashtag, whatever you want to call it. I know what I am. And you're trying to get ahead in life with the wrong directions and the wrong definition of greatness. The same way the enemy has a definition of greatness. How many know God has a definition of greatness? God defines greatness for us, and he gives us a definition of what greatness is in our life. Here, Jesus changes the definition of, of greatness for you and for me. He says, you want to be great? Yeah, that's awesome. We can all be great, but be great in being a servant. You want to be great? Greatness comes by each of us serving one another. What I love about this definition is that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. Oh, you want to have greatness in your life? Be great in loving one another. You want to be great in life? Be great in showing kindness to one another. You want to be great in life? Be great in helping one another. You want to be great? All of us can be great because all of us can serve. Oh, Jesus came to change the game. This was a game changer. He flipped it on his head. And he's saying, you better know the definition of greatness because if not, you'll end up in the wrong destination with the wrong mentality about life. 
This had happened to the disciples. And in Mark chapter 10, we see this picture. This is Jesus. He's hanging out with his buddies. They're on the way to Jericho. They're hanging out on the street. And the disciples are always, they always have some issues going on among them. And at this time, they're all fighting about who's going to be the greatest, who's going to be the best, who's going to be the most recognized. Two of them go running up to Jesus, James and John. They go up to Jesus and they, Jesus, Jesus, we, we want you to do something for us. Okay, what is it that you want? Well, what do you want me to do for you? Well, we want to be, we want to be great. We want to sit at your right hand and at your left hand in glory. First of all, that's, that's a pretty, pretty arrogant uh, request on their, on their behalf. I mean, they want to be great. Jesus says, I mean, you have no idea what you're asking about. It, can you take the cup that I'm about to drink and go through the baptism that I'm about to go through? Imagine, and what he's saying is, I'm about to go through some process that I don't know if you're ready for. It made me think a lot of us, we want to get to the end trip and not enjoy the journey. Right? Have you ever, you, a lot of us, we grew up in Miami and we always go to Orlando all the time. And you ever have little kids on the way to Orlando say, Mom, Dad, are we there yet? It's like, son, we just left the house five minutes ago. This still looks like Hialeah. We're not in Orlando. You haven't seen Mickey yet. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I think more people are concerned about the end product instead of the middle progress. We want to get to the end destination without the trip in between. Oh, greatness is going to come with some serving. You're more concerned about the end and not worrying about where you're at right now. He's saying, oh, I mean, you're going to go through some process before you get to the end. You have to understand greatness. The Bible says that the other 10 get mad. Why they get mad is not because James and John were wrong. Why they get mad is because they wanted to sit at the right and at the left. They themselves were jealous. They're like, well, how, can, how can they dare ask for those seats? That seat is for me. And they start getting indignant, it says, at James and John. You know what, I, what it just reminds me of? How often can we be in the middle of greatness and miss it? Here they are, 12 disciples, arguing about who's the greatest when they refuse to see. They are blind to see that greatness was right in front of them. The greatest one of all time was standing right in the middle of them. It is the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. It is Jesus who is the greatest. It's not about your name or my name. It's about the name of Jesus. Come on. Is anybody thankful that his name is powerful? His name, it is greater. Oh, who's the greatest? They're, they're always playing that game. Who's the greatest? I mean, is it James? Is it John? Is it Peter? Who's the greatest? The greatest is standing right in front of you. And we so often, we can, we can criticize the disciples and say they lost their mind. I mean, I mean didn't they recognize Jesus? But, but church, if we're not careful, we fall into the same game. We can come into a house like this. We can come into a space like this, into a community, into church where we're supposed to focus and worship on Jesus, but we end up playing who's the greatest among ourselves. Wait a minute. Hasn't nobody ever heard me sing? I mean, when the music is really quiet, I sing a little bit louder so they hear my voice. I, got, I can sing a really good solo. When is Nate finally going to put me up on the band? I mean, when I sing, the glory of God, Shabbat, will fall all over this place. Nobody's heard me sing. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. Oh, come on. It's not about our name. It's about the name that is above every name oh wait Nate's also doing church news I mean have you seen how attractive I am I mean everybody will pay attention to the announcements I mean they should put me at the door opening and welcoming people I mean I mean just look at me I mean my breast smells good I'm awesome I'm all of a sudden we're more focused on ourselves than we are on Jesus church this community is not about a man it's not about a woman it's not about our name our name can't heal our name can't save our name can't deliver but there's one name that is above every name oh come on the name of Jesus if you're thankful for that name somebody give Jesus a big shout of praise. Come on. It's the name of Jesus. That's who we come to lift up. And if we're not careful, we end up like the disciples. Who's the greatest? 
Have you heard me preach? You know, you should see how many people come up to me and ask, can I preach? I'm like, who are, I don't know, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> people visit, people literally just stop by and say, hey, can I preach next Sunday? And I'm just like, whoa, I mean, have you served anybody in this community first before you preach to them? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you, just people think that they, they just want to be known. We all want to be recognized. We all want to be great. But this community is not about lifting up one name of a man or a woman. It's about lifting up the name of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, 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 team huddle, team huddle, guys, 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 let me, let me get, let me get this straight, you guys are arguing about who's the greatest, I, I want to teach you something, don't be like the Pharisees, the Pharisees are all about, hey, everybody look at me, everybody make, make sure that you know me, the Pharisees, this is how they live their life, and they, they rule over people, this is not about to rule over people, this is to serve people. And he says, you, you got the wrong definition of greatness. And if you live your life this way, you're going to end up in the wrong destination. He says, greatness, greatness is becoming a servant of all. Greatness, greatness is not the master. Greatness is the servant, the slave that serves one another. I want to talk about serving for the next few moments. I want to talk about what it means to serve, what it means to be a servant. I wonder if we really understand that church is not about just coming and lifting up our hands and singing some songs. If we want to make a difference in Miami, I love Miami. If we want to make a difference in this city, if we want to be part of a community, then it has to start with us serving and loving one another. It's not about one name. It's about saying, how can I help you? How can I be a service to you? Amen? So I got three things that I think can help you out. Write this down. Point number one, if you're taking notes. We have to be willing to get uncomfortable to be able to comfort others. You want to be a servant? You want to be great? Then we have to be willing to get uncomfortable to be able to comfort others. I wonder if we can get a little bit uncomfortable sometimes just to make sure somebody else is comfortable. You want to be great? It's by serving one another. This is what Jesus is trying to teach them. Great, greatness is not who has the best seat in the house. Greatness is when you can give up your seat so that somebody else can sit down. We want to be great. It's not about being at the top. Greatness is not about being at the top and making sure that everybody knows your name. Greatness is about getting down low and helping push somebody up. That is greatness. If we're going to be a, oh, come on, come on, yeah. If we're going to be a, ch a church that is great, it begins by serving one another. I wonder if we come into church and just wonder about, hey, is my seat open? I hope they got my seat because people know that's how I paid for those seats. Really? I got season tickets. Wait, when you know there's about 100 people in overflow, can you give up your seat so somebody else that doesn't know Jesus can come in here? It's not about people knowing our name. It's making sure people know his name, the name of Jesus. And I think so often we live so that people recognize us. We got the wrong definition of greatness. Greatness is not about looking up. Greatness is about looking down and seeing who you can help up. It's about serving one another. Are we doing this with our lives? Are we helping one another out in the way we live, in the way we talk, in the way we carry ourselves? Let's be servants of all. Let's get down on the floor. Let's get down on our knees and see who we can help push up. That's, a, that's, that's really a servant. That is really greatness. Jesus says, this is what I came to show. This is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who decided to come down to earth to serve you and me. You want to be great? Become a servant. You want to be awesome? serve somebody. He, he flips it around. You can be great by being great in kindness, by being great in love, by being great in help, by being great in loving one another. He has changed the definition of greatness. Jesus says, you got it all completely wrong. I'm here to tell you that it's not about up. It's really about down. I love Stephanie shared that around the offering. She said, the way up is really down. Before you touch the sky, your knees got to hit the floor. 
Are we really here to lift up the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus? Greatness, we all can be great. Alex, but I don't have the most skills. Alex, I, I don't know the Bible really much. I mean, I, I, don't, you know, I don't know, join a team. Uh, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to welcome people. You can be great because you all can serve. We can serve one another. And I wonder if in our lives and the way we're carrying it, well, this is how we're living. Are we willing to be uncomfortable? Oh, wait, wait a minute. Join a team to talk about next steps. I always hear you guys talk about that. I don't want to take my next step. I'm good with the step I have right now. You can leave me right here. You know what I'm saying? Well, wait. If you want to be great, take that next step and help somebody serve. Well, we need some help at the 11 a.m. We need some help, some teams opening up doors, and we need some help in the lights. We need some help. Oh, always asking for help. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I don't need no help, and I don't want to help nobody. Okay, I'm going to live by myself. Really, you want to be great. Greatness comes by serving. I wonder how many times we say that, and we, we, don't, we don't want to follow up on that because we say, I'm comfortable right where I'm at. But I wonder if you can get uncomfortable to make an impact in this city. I wonder if we can say, you know what? It's not about my personal comfort. It's about somebody else getting to see Jesus. Maybe today I can open up a door, and my smile can help somebody that's walking in with a bunch of problems on their mind. Maybe today I can lead somebody to a seat who's going through a divorce, and they can recognize that Jesus loves them, and there's always a seat for them in the house of the Lord. It's not about our comfort. It's about helping out one another another. Hey, can you go with us at 11 p.m.? We want to go pray at 11 p.m. At 11 p.m., I'm already in my PJs and my jammies. I'm watching ESPN. Don't bother me. Really, is it about our comfort or is it about the kingdom of God? Come on, we have to be willing to get uncomfortable in order to serve and help somebody else. You know why I know this church is going to be great? It's not about whoever's up here. It's not about the name. It is because this church is going to be about serving one another. This is why we're going to be great. Greatness is not about being the most known. Greatness is by serving one another. We got some of the best servants on the planet. I mean, we all serve. We're all in this together. Whether it rains or shines, Thursday it started raining. We had volunteer appreciation night. All the teams were out there picking up everything we had. We had a carnival outside. We were going to throw a party. They got soaking wet and brought everything inside. You know why we're going to be great? Because there's people like that willing to pay the price. Saying, you know what? We're going we're gonna to do whatever we can to make sure this house and people have an awesome time. That is greatness. How do you define greatness? Be careful how you live your life. Point number two. I want to go to point number two. We have to understand that a real servant is more interested in faithfulness than selfishness. You want to be a real servant? Then it's not about selfishness. It's how, how can I live my life and be faithful in what I do? I heard a story about Billy Graham and, and uh, his choir director, Cliff Barrows. Cliff Barrows was his musical director for as long as he had this ministry. I mean, it was 70 years doing ministry. And how Cliff Barrows started helping out Pastor Billy Graham was because Billy Graham showed up. When Billy Graham was 23 years old, Cliff Barrows was 21. And uh, Billy Graham showed up at this event to preach and uh, the musical director was sick that day. He couldn't make it. And uh, Cliff Barrow was just always there in the front row just serving. And uh, they asked him, can you do something? Can you help out? And he said, sure, I'll, I'll just go up there and, and help. And it says that he got up and he led the worship that day. Since that day, Billy Graham says, hey, would you like to travel with me? We're just going to go around preaching the gospel. And, and Cliff Barrow said, absolutely. And together they did ministry for 70 years because it wasn't about who had the most talent. It was about who's available. If you're faithful in the small, he says he will put you over much. A lot of times we want to be selfish. We want to say, well, give me a position. Put me in a place. This is why nobody wants to serve in the parking lot. Because in the parking lot, you can't be seen. 
And we think that greatness comes by being seen and being recognized. Well, all I care if it's God sees me and his eyes are on me and he sees where I'm serving. Doesn't matter if it's in the parking lot. Doesn't matter if it's in the cafe. Doesn't matter if it's in the kids ministry. We're going to build a house by all of us serving together. It's about being faithful. Can you be faithful where God places you? All of a sudden, God will take you from the parking lot around the globe preaching the gospel. God will take you from a front row going around the world with Billy Graham preaching the gospel. Can you be faithful where you're at? A lot of times we're more concerned about looks than fruits. Well, I mean, if people see me, I, if, if I come to church and I raise my hands and I sing really loud, then people will recognize me and know me. I mean, no, it's not about looks. It's do you have the fruit that go along with those looks? Because you can look like you have it all together, but there is no fruit. We, we learned about this a couple weeks ago in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is what Paul says. He says this. If I speak, we can put it up, if not, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Oh, I mean, you can speak in tongues, you can dance, you can do all you want, but if you have no love, no fruit, then it doesn't matter what you do. It's like a tree. You see a tree, the tree looks great, but it has no fruit in it. You're going to be like, wait, what's wrong? You want to see a branch that's heavy with fruit? It's laying really low on the ground. Some of us that really want some fruit in life, I wonder if we can lay low and say, you know what, it's not about me. I would just want to lay low and help and serve somebody. I want to be up with no fruit. I want to be down helping somebody. Well, not me. I, I really don't want to serve. Well, if you want to be a leader in the kingdom of God, it begins by service. I, I do want to be a leader. But listen, if service is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. you want to be leaders? It begins by being servants. We got to serve one another, love one another. I mean, we tell all of our teams, this is what we all do. We serve one service and then we sit in one service. We got people here that come at 9 a.m. They show up early at 7 a.m. to get the 9 a.m. ready and then they sit in an 11 a.m. service. They say, you know what? I'd rather serve one and then sit one to receive. People who want to build the house of God. You know how we're going to help Miami? Not by just sitting back on a chair and saying, oh, I'm not going to be a part of this, but by saying, where can I help? What area can I be of service in? I'm here to join a team. I'm here to build this thing. I'm here to build community. Oh, I wish somebody really understood the power of greatness when we put service in front of recognition. You have no idea what serving can do in your life. We were talking to somebody this past week, Marlene from CR, and she said, listen, statistics show that when you begin to serve, it can actually bring healing to your body. Because all of a sudden, you are on team with people, you're helping one another, eyes are off yourself, and it's on to someone else to bring them up and help them up. Service can change your life. Think about Mo. Mo is one of our youth leaders. A couple years ago, he didn't even want to be involved in the church. We'd just come in and out, and in and out, and in and out. And uh, all of a sudden he said, you know what, I'm going to join the youth on Friday. Maybe I can help there. I don't know. I'll just show up and see if somebody needs some help. He actually got involved in youth and he, he actually formed some community and some friends and some accountability. And now he's like a serving machine. He's actually in the lights right now. I think he's back there somewhere. Mo, he's in the shadows. You know what, you know what he's doing right now? Every single day almost, he's in a juvenile detention center helping young people get their life together, put their eyes on Jesus. Nobody forced him. Nobody told him anything. He says, I just want to serve my city. Can we serve and say, you know what? It's not about being known. I'll stay in the shadows. I just want to serve my city. Wonder if we got the wrong concept, concept of, of greatness. So what about me? Can you put me in this position? Can you put me to do this? Can you put me to do that? But can we get down on the ground and say, it doesn't matter who knows me. I'm just here to serve somebody. That's how we can make a difference. I mean, didn't Jesus lead by example, church? This is the greatest of them all. 
I know this isn't a hallelujah shout message. You'd rather hear about how awesome we all are, and we'll preach about that another day. We are all awesome. But today, it's about being servants. That's how we're awesome is by serving one another. Jesus, the greatest one of all. I'm talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He was, he was there before creation even began, before time. This is Jesus. Jesus, in the book of Philippians chapter 2, it says that he, he decided to become anonymous without name or recognition, humbled himself even to the point of death to serve you and me. Whoa. If Jesus can do it, then I can do it too. Jesus didn't care about a title or a position, but he came to serve humanity. This is Jesus who led by example, and he's trying to tell the disciples this over and over again, and, and they still don't understand. I wonder how many of us, we've been around God for a long time, and we still don't understand how really he came to serve humanity. We were, the Bible says we were dead in our sins. Me and you were so far from God. And Jesus didn't come and says to be served. He didn't come and say, hey, what can you do for me? He came and said, how can I serve humanity? This is what life should be about. Really quick, I want to share one last story with you in John chapter 13. In John chapter 13, this is Jesus with his disciples. And this is the night right before he's, he's going to get arrested and he's going to go to the cross. In John chapter 13, I think we're going to put it up on the screens as well. Jesus is with disciples one more time. And he's talking to them. He's leading them in their dinner. And they're about to have communion together. And listen to what, what Jesus says. It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Listen to verse 4. It says, so Jesus, he, he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who, was, who said to him, Lord, are you, are you going to wash my feet? And uh, Jesus said, you don't realize now what I'm about to do, but later you will understand. No, said Peter. Jesus, you ain't washing my feet. Jesus, Jesus you can't wash my feet. You will never wash my feet. Jesus said, unless I wash your feet, then you have no part of me. Jesus, I mean, Peter replied, well, then just don't wash my feet, wash my head, my hands, everything, wash my whole body, Jesus. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash your feet. Their whole body is clean. You are clean, though not every single one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. That's why he said not everyone was clean. Listen to this scene. I mean, I want you to picture this. This is Jesus hanging out with his disciples. In another, in another uh, one of the synoptic gospels, it says the disciples were again arguing about who's going to be the greatest in this final dinner. Jesus is there. He's seen the scene. And it says that Jesus gets up from the table. He grabs a towel, takes off his robe, and he ties the towel around his waist. And he gets down on his knees and he begins to clean some feet. It was custom in that day to clean your feet before you ate. Because they walked around in their Nike Air Max sandals and it was dirt roads. So all their toes were crusty and dirty. And you had to clean your feet before you ate. Jesus at the table, nobody had cleaned each other's feet. And Jesus says, I'm about to lead by example. This is Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the king of the universe. The Bible says he got up from the table and he got down on his knees with a towel. This is a picture also of what Jesus did in eternity. It says that he saw humanity lost and dead in our sins. We were far from God. 
The Bible says that Jesus got up out of his throne, came down to earth, came down into time, wrapped himself in human flesh just to serve you and me. Now he's showing this at a dinner table. The Bible says that Jesus, you can give me a towel, I brought a towel today. If anybody got rained on, I'll give it to you after service. But Jesus got up out of the table. Says that he wrapped a towel around his waist and got down on his knees and started cleaning some feet. I mean, this is Jesus. People were supposed to do it to him. If you think about this, the Messiah, thousands of people are following, but crowd always around him. People are supposed to wash his feet. And he says, no, 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 you don't wash my feet. I came to wash some feet. And he's going around and he's washing the disciples' feet. He's saying, how can I wash your feet? How can I help you? How can I wash your feet? He gets to Peter. Peter says, no, 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 you're not washing my feet. Well, Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, then you can't be a part of this. Well, wash my, my whole body, Jesus, then wash me all. He says, you don't understand. You don't need a complete wash. Just your feet are dirty. If you understand what I'm trying to say, the revelation that Jesus had here, what was key here, what he was saying is all of us that are saved, we've already been washed by the blood of Jesus. But going through life, going through dirt roads, your feet are going to get dirty sometimes. What does that mean? That means eventually all of us, one day, you're going to find a struggle, you're going to find a sin, you're going to find something in your life that you might get a little bit of dirt on you. All of us struggle with something. Nobody here is perfect. And dirt is going to get in your life. Jesus was showing them, cover one another, love one another, serve one another, clean each other up. So easy, we began to point fingers and judge one another instead of cleaning one another. I think there's a lot of people that complain about the dirt, but aren't willing to get down on their knees and clean up the dirt in somebody else's life. We can't point fingers and judge if we're not willing to get down and clean. Can you be a servant? How are we going to make a difference in Miami when in our own very community, in our own church, we say, you know what? I got a towel. And if I got a towel and you got a towel and you got a towel, each of us get a towel in our hands. Each of us get down on our knees and we begin to clean each other up. Can I tell you, we'll be a community of servants that love one another, that are saying we're here to serve one another, love one another. You got to have a towel in your hand because if the Savior can do it, oh, we can do it too. Do you have a towel of service in your hand? It's not about ruling over people. It's about serving one another. There's something powerful when you serve somebody. Not when you criticize, not when you point a finger, but when you say, how can I serve you? Oh, that person's in the church. How can they be in here? Do you know how they live their life? Well, why don't you just grab a towel, shut up, and begin to clean some feet? If we all do this together, we can make a difference in our city. Are we going around our city pointing fingers instead of having a towel in our hand? Grab a towel today. Grab a towel. Jesus did this. Got down on his knees and he began to clean some feet. I mean, what, what can we do as a church if this is what we begin to do? What is the lasting impact that can happen when, when you say, you know what, I want to be part of God's army. I want to be part of God's people and I, I just want to grab a towel the way my Jesus did it. Not caring about all the riches that he had in glory not caring about a position, recognition, not caring about authority that he had. He said, I'd rather become a servant. I think we'll make a greater impact by serving our city than to try to judge our city. Last point, with this we can close up and the band can come. We have to know that we can't change anyone, but we can serve everyone. A lot of times I think we try to live our lives by trying to change people and try to tell people how to live and you should do this and do that. And we become quickly people who can criticize one another. But if we learn the way Jesus did it, it wasn't by criticizing people. It was about serving people. 
You know what I love about Jesus? Before he taught anybody anything, he always served people before. A lot of us want to teach people without touching people. Jesus always healed somebody, then he told them how to go and live their life. Jesus always came and served somebody, then he told them how to live. Jesus always came and touched before he taught. The problem is we've been looking at our city trying to teach before touching. We can't save our city, but we definitely can serve our city. All of us together can build a community. We can build a church by serving one another. How can we serve one another? How can we love one another? Begins by each of us grabbing a towel of service and say, I'm here to just clean some feet. Hey, where, where do you guys need some help? At the 11 a.m., I'm just here to clean some feet. Hey, what is it? The 1 p.m., you need somebody in lights, you need somebody in production, you need somebody greeting at the door. I'm just here to, I'm just here to help out. Give me a towel, I'm just here to help out. You need kids ministry, we got a bunch of kids that are going crazy. I'll, I'll be over there helping out. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a towel, I'm here to clean some feet, I'm here to cover, I'm here to make sure people can see Jesus in service. I'm here to make sure that, I mean, whatever we got to do in our city, in our community, I want to grab a towel and be of some change. I'm telling you, once you serve somebody, they're going to be a, more, a lot more receptive to listen to what you got to tell them. How many of us have been praying for family members and we've been quick to judge them, criticize them, and tell them something without ever loving them and serving them and helping them? Jesus always touched before he taught. Who can you love on? We, we want to make a difference in what's going on with human trafficking. Let's begin to clean some feet. We want to make a difference in what's happening in the drug addiction in our city. Let's begin to clean some feet. We want to make a difference with the homeless and what's going on in our city. Let's begin to clean some feet. It doesn't matter how the feet may look. It doesn't matter who, whose feet it may be. If you grab a towel and I grab a towel, I'm telling you, we go through every street, every corner, every block. We get together and we say, I got a towel. I'm here to get that on my knees. I'm here to serve this city. I'm here to make a difference in this city. I'm telling you, Jesus can be glorified. You and I can make a difference because everybody can grab a towel. Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. All of us can be great because all of us can serve. Jesus, the greatest one of all, flipped the definition. Not everybody can be great. Church, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you today to be a part of this greatness. The greatness that is to be in the kingdom of God. Not a church, not a name, but to be in the kingdom. And it begins by you picking up a towel and helping out one another. Maybe you say, well, nobody's cleaned my feet while we're here. Anything we could do for you, let us know. With every eye closed and every head bowed. Over time, all across this auditorium, while people, maybe you're listening on the radio or online or you're in the lobby, overflow, wherever, eyes closed, head bowed, while the church is praying, while leaders are praying. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, but I'm far from God. I don't know if God can use me. I got my own dirt that people have no idea about. I'm far from him. Can I tell you, you may be far from him, but he's close to you. He loves you. It is no coincidence that you came in here today. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. He loves you so much. The Bible says all of us are sinners. We've all failed. We're all far away from God. But this is why God sent his son Jesus to come die for you and for me. The Bible says that Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin, all of our shame, all of our failures. He put them on the shoulders of his son Jesus. And Jesus died on a cross for all of our sins. The Bible says he went into the grave. The Bible says he was in that grave for three days, and after three days, sin and death could not hold them down. Jesus resurrected. He's alive today. He's offering brand new life. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess in your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you will be saved. 
He's offering forgiveness. He's offering a brand new start. He's offering a relationship with the God who loves you. He knows every detail of your life, and still he's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. While the church is praying, eyes closed, head bowed. I'm going to count to three in a moment. And I believe hands are going to go up all over this auditorium. I'm going to recognize you, and then you can put it right back down. Eyes closed, head bowed. If you're saying, I need a relationship with God. Today, I want to get right with God. I want to follow him. I need a brand new start. doesn't matter how bad you think you are. Today is the day of brand new beginning for you. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. Amazing, 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 amazing. Hands raised up everywhere. Come on, as high as you can. Raise it up. Raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, guys. God bless you and you and you and you. Hands raised up all over the auditorium. God bless you and you and you and you. Good move. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. If you're listening on the radio or online, you can make this decision as well. You're about to make the best prayer of your life, and all it is is talking to God and asking him to come into your life. Forgive us of our sins, and that we will follow him from today on. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. All we're doing through this prayer is putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. You can talk to God anytime, anywhere, but today, I just want to lead you in this simple one. In fact, the whole church, we're going to repeat it out loud. I want you to say this with everything that you've got. I believe God is here, and I believe he's listening to this prayer. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord and be my savior. From today on, I am saved. I am forgiven. I am healed and I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we congratulate them one time? Come on, can we put our hands together? Come on.